Ladies and gentlemen, friends, and open-minded people wherever you live across the United States of America, Europe, and the world, this is David Duke, and this is the David Duke program on the Rents Radio Network. Today, I'm very excited to have a man who has really shown himself to be a political person who stands up and tells the whole truth. He is Paul Nealon. He ran against, well, Mr. Ryan uh, in uh, his great state, and he has really been a tremendous spokesman, and he has kind of awakened in the last uh, few months and uh, days. He's awakened to some of the real problems and the issues facing us. He's got a great story. He's running for Congress today, and he certainly is worthy of our support and help. It's a very, very important race. I'm going to bring him on right now. Uh, Mr. Nealon, congratulations for your hard run, for your outspokenness and courage for the European-American people, and really all Americans, because the truth is, if the European-American people, uh, the white Christian people built this country, if we become dispossessed and outnumbered in our own nation, obviously uh, we are going to lose the values and principles of our people and our, our very existence is questioned. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. I'm Dr. Duke. And well, we lost you for a second, but I think you heard you want to say that. Yeah, go ahead and uh, say that again. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks. I want to thank you for having me on. I really appreciate the, the kind welcome. Well, you deserve it. You've shown a lot of courage and we all must band together who's you know, all of us don't necessarily hold every opinion the same, obviously, in the movement. And certainly of the cultural Marxists who seem to dominate our media and, and really dominate academia, uh, they don't all have the same opinions about every subject. But one thing's for sure is that when someone stands up and defends the heritage of this country and the rights of the people of this country, uh, that is the, is the critical issue facing us. And that's what hardly anybody openly does. I mean, they talk about defending the Constitution, which, of course, we all appreciate and love. We talk about defending and, and making sure the people of this country have good well-being. And we talk about how immigration certainly lends to itself to crime and other problems and welfare issues and, and social issues and tremendous costs. We talk about the cultural impact. Uh, we even sometimes, some people sometimes talk about the political impact that these people overwhelmingly uh, vote leftist and Democrat. But the truth is the foundation of this, is, which is something people can't seem to talk about today, is just the ethnic reality of all this. That, you know, we can, we can try to say that we're going to convert these people to our values, but that's been going on for 50 years. Look at the immigration we've had from Mexico over the, over the last years. And the immigrants' children are even more uh, anti-white, you might say it, are more leftist, uh, and this is proven by many studies, uh, the children are actually more likely to vote Democrat than even the initial, the immigrants when they first become American citizens, and I'll put that in quotes. So not to talk about the demographic reality is like to put your head in the sand, isn't it? Uh basically every demographic group, and you're not going to convince the uh, blacks or African-Americans to not advocate. Not 
Looks like you're breaking up, Paul. At least from my end. How 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 are you getting him uh, from your end, Patrick? Patrick Slatter, Doctor Patrick Slatter is on with us. Uh, yeah, I'm having trouble hearing him. So maybe he could try again uh, if he's on a cell phone. Um, no, I'm on a ways. He's on Skype, but he's having. Want to call me back? I tell you what, you do. Why don't you? Can, it, it doesn't take too long to restart your computer, does it? Because sometimes it's programs in the computer that are well, limiting you. We could start with a recall. That would be fine. And uh, Patrick and I have a lot to talk about until you get back. So uh, you can start with that. We'll try that. And as soon as you come back on, we'll wonderful. We'll start this again. Well, okay. Personally, Patrick. yeah, there's a, a lot I would like to hear from Mr. Nealon. He's running for Congress against Paul Ryan. I'd like to hear what he has to say about, you know, these, this DACA debate, the current proposal from from the Trump administration, what he makes of it. And and of course, he's running against Paul Ryan. Uh, I'd like to, to hear his take on uh, Paul Ryan uh, on and how he's dealing with this issue in particular. And of course, there are other issues. There's a whole Russia hoax investigation. There's a lot that I'd like to hear from Paul Nealon on. That'll be great. I read an article the other day. Uh, actually, my, my daughter brought it up. Uh, a very fine article talking about how that the courts were stymieing Trump at just about every turn. And we got a real problem with the federal courts and, and a real problem with the Supreme Court, even though we have some people ostensibly conservative. And, and we need to address that issue. And we need to absolutely have people who are conservatives, Republicans, or anybody that believes in the, in the proper substance of this country to understand that uh, we've got to really protest this and cause so much public outcry uh, that these members of the Supreme Court, even though they're appointed for life, which is probably the biggest mistake our founding fathers made when they created this country, uh, was to simply appoint Supreme Court justices and then allow them to serve for life, uh, which means, of course, the special interests in the modern society. That wasn't a bad system perhaps in 1789, the Constitution came into effect. But it's a bad system now because politics is controlled by money. Uh, politics is controlled by certain cliques. Politics is, in, to a great degree, controlled by government, uh, and not just government, but yeah. media. And, uh, and I think we have Mr. Nealon back with us. Yeah, that's good. Are you are you back with us, Mr. Nealon? Yes, sir. How's that? Well, I hope it's going to be better this time. Yeah. So if we have a problem next time, we'll just have you restart while we talk about other issues. Sounds great. So, uh, Dr. Slattery, while you were gone, he was saying one thing he wanted to ask you about. In fact, Dr. Slattery, why don't you just ask him the question uh, dealing with um, Mr. Ryan, uh, the Speaker of the yeah. House, who and, and why you oppose him so much? Yeah, so you're, you're running against Paul Ryan. I wanted first to ask you about this DACA proposal that or the whole DACA debate, these various proposals going back and forth, but in particular, the one that's been uh, apparently leaked from the Trump administration, which would expand DACA, yet is being slammed as white supremacism by, you know, the likes of Nancy Pelosi and them. Uh, and then maybe telling us what, how you feel about Paul Ryan's role in this whole DACA business. Sure. Uh, so Paul Ryan, uh, well, first of all, the DACA part that you asked me, I think it's absurd. I, I think that we ought to be 
forcing our elected representatives to enforce the immigration laws as they stand right now. And any changes to immigration policy should be to shut it down. We have far too much legal immigration into this country right now. And the folks that are here haven't even assimilated. As you were saying earlier, uh, we've seen uh, second generation folks who are far to the left who, who uh, I, I, I don't quite understand the, um, the concept of we're going to break into your country and break your laws and then demand changes to that country. There, there is no, there is, there is no race that gives you the um, ability to do that. Uh, certainly, the white race can't just go uh, into another country and decide we're going to go change that country without uproar. Why is it okay that any other any other folks who can come here to to change our country? I reject it. I completely reject it. And to your question about Paul Ryan, I have video. Uh, of Paul Ryan. It sits out on YouTube right now. If you go to my YouTube channel, uh, Paul Nealon, you will see video of Paul Ryan speaking to a group of illegal aliens in my district in Racine, Wisconsin in 2013, saying to them, if I lived in a country where I feared for my life or my family's life or my ability to uh, provide for them, I would do anything to get them out, which is ironic, right? Given that he is a legislator, instead of suggesting that he would make the country that he hails from great again or great period, he would he would spirit them away to the United States as illegals into this country. And that's where he stands. I mean, there's there's also video of Luis Gutierrez uh hailing Paul Ryan as this great uh, arbiter of, of jobs and opportunity in, in the United States for folks who are here illegally. Going back 20 years, you know, he says, Luis Gutierrez says uh, of Paul Ryan, he is one of us. He has been in this battle for two decades. And Roy Beck says the same thing. Uh, uh, Steve Bannon, God rest his career, uh, said the same thing. So I am firmly, firmly, firmly of the belief that we have got to build a wall on the southern border because or, or I, we could do like like um, any of the the Eastern European nations who have put up a fence, literally put up a fence. And, and then defend that fence. Um, in my book, Wage the Battle, I talk about uh, other nations building, building fences and walls and how well they work. And, uh, you know, there, there, there's no question they work. I mean, look, if they didn't work, Israel wouldn't have spent our money to, to get one themselves. So I think that in order to keep people out of this out of this nation who don't belong here, we need to bring back our soldiers from the Middle East and from Africa and put them on our southern border. And anybody who tries to cross our border illegally should be treated as an enemy combatant. And they are invading our country 
And man, woman, and child should be treated as an enemy combatant. They should be prevented from making it onto our soil. And uh, I have a in my book, uh, in the section on border wars, I talk about the illegal border crossings in Hungary in October of 2015. They had uh, more than 8,000, almost 9,000 people a day coming across the border, and they put up their fence, and they got it down to less than two uh, for the country, uh, not just for a sector, but for the country. And, you know, I, I go on and on and on in the book about how how well walls work, but you can't deport somebody from this country without a means to keep them out, and so that's that's not, not acceptable. Um, my friend... Um, Dan Golvach, his son, uh, and Julie Golvach, their son, Spencer, was murdered by a four-time previously deported illegal, uh, illegal alien. Kate Steinle, I know her parents, uh, she was murdered by a five-time previously deported illegal alien. Um, Paul Ryan has no empathy for those folks, those families. It's, it's sickening. Yeah, it's, um, it's unbelievable. Paul, you, you've really done some very great things in your life. You've been a very successful businessman. You've been overseas a lot. Mm -hmm. You understand the global issue very well. You understand the insanity of these neoconservatives, uh, these uh, Zionist wars in the Middle East. You understand a lot of things. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and then tell us about what your fundamental motivations are and what they were in running for Congress before? And, sure. uh, and running a con running for Congress again. Also, we want to address the fact that it's it's, and I want you to address it. We'll talk about this deeply uh, of the terrible rot that's within the Republican Party today. The the swamp. Mm -hmm. It's not simply Republican. It's not just simply leftists. It's some so-called conservatives. These neoconservatives, uh, like Paul Singer, one of the biggest contributors. He's mm -hmm. the guy that financed the whole. Trump dossier thing to destroy Trump, uh, along with Bill Kristol of the Daily Standard, along with Jonah Goldberg, who's editor of the uh, National Review, who were saying better Hillary than Trump. My God, mm -hmm. whatever Trump is doing wrong, just think of the difference, folks, if it was Hillary in there right now. Uh, so, yeah, um, I'd like you to discuss all that. We can just start right now in this sure. uh, segment with some of your background and and your motivation in your first race and, and this race? Sure, sure. I started in a factory back in 1987 with a wrench and a torch in my hand and uh, as a maintenance mechanic and went to school at night for engineering. It took me a little over 10 years to accomplish that. And in that time, I moved from the factory floor into the engineering department, uh, moved into R&D, went back out to the floor as a, a manufacturing engineer, eventually ran that business and then ran businesses around the country, uh, small businesses, large businesses. I uh, worked at a Fortune 200 in uh, South Carolina. I got my MBA while I was there, and I then went on to be the senior vice president of operations for Europe, the Middle East, and Africa for Fortune 500. And so God's blessed me with the ability to run manufacturing businesses. I've 
got uh, a, a dozen or so um, patents for my inventions. So I, I'm an inventor. In fact, I'm working on some right now. Uh, when I found out that Paul Ryan was whipping votes for this Trans-Pacific Partnership uh, for Fast Track Trade Promotion Authority for Obama, I couldn't believe it. But uh, it was it was because of the work of Jeff Sessions, Senator Senator Sessions. Uh, reporting on this that I found out about it. And I said, well, I'm going to find somebody who, uh, I'm going to find somebody who can, uh, run against Paul Ryan because instead of supporting Paul Ryan, I'll support somebody else. Well, nobody else ran. So it was up to me. So I ran and I ran to stop Trans Pacific Partnership. And if you look at what ended up happening, uh, whenever I was asked a question, didn't matter what the question was, I talked about Trans-Pacific Partnership. And a few days before the election, Paul Ryan went on CNN with their correspondent named Manu Raju and said that this, yeah, this trade deal needs to be renegotiated. It's bad. Uh, we're, you know, so he basically disavowed the trade deal. However, uh, Fast Track, which he was personally whipping the votes for, gives Congress a thumbs up or a thumbs down vote. They don't get to get into the negotiations. And that trade deal had been negotiated for over half a decade by 12 nations. It was done. They were done. He was just basically saving his skin by saying he was against it. And, uh, you know, I was polling pretty well up until the point that Donald Trump uh, acquiesced and and endorsed Paul Ryan. and. You know, I don't hold a grudge against that. We needed, as you said, we needed Trump to be elected more than Hillary. And it was more important that Trump was elected than I was elected. So I went on and I supported Trump. I campaigned for Trump. I worked hard for Trump. Uh, we got him elected. And his first Monday in office, Donald Trump signed us out of Trans-Pacific Partnership like he said he would. And, and now uh, I am holding his feet to the fire on building a wall, deporting the DACA, people, deporting their parents, deporting anybody else who is in this country who doesn't belong here, and having a, uh, a meritocracy uh, policy. And, um, you know, there's, there's genocide going on in South Africa right now. There's genocide going on in several parts of the world that the media will not, uh, will not report on, will not adequately report on. They'll report endlessly, endlessly on uh, a black guy who first attacks a business owner uh, outside of St. Louis and then is shot dead after attacking a police officer. Uh, and then we're told he is a martyr and they are putting up a statue to his, his, yeah. uh, him. I reject that completely. I completely reject that. We, uh, we are living in a time where they're pulling down statues of uh, white men because they're white men, and they're trying to rewrite history. It's wrong, and I won't stand for it. Well, we've got about uh, one minute left before the break, so I want to ask you one question first sure. and get a quick answer uh, from you. And then as, when we come back, we're going to talk to you at length about what happened to you when you started actually defending mm -hmm. uh, European Americans and the history of this country and our values and who attacked you, and uh, 
what's happened to you in terms of the attacks of the swamps against you. Uh, and I'm going to give this question this way. This is the way I would ask any congressman. This is the way every news person who was honest would ask any candidate for office. Nancy Pelosi called Trump's proposals make America white again. Now, the fact is that not only do these proposals of Trump not make America white again, but they do not even hold the demographic status quo. They simply slow the rate at which whites are becoming a minority. Now, this is an intentional uh, making Mm -hmm. whites a minority in this country. How could you tell the American people and its corrupt representatives in Congress uh, that it is not evil for whites to preserve their majority status in this country? So the question to you is, do you think it's evil for a white person to simply want to preserve their heritage, their majority status in this country that our own forefathers built? No, I don't think it, think that at all. I think it's, uh, in fact, I think it's right and righteous to do that. I think that we have built wonderful civilizations in Northern Europe and around the world. And uh, if it weren't for our leadership, uh, many more people would have died over the course of history. And we should be proud of that. We should be proud of our history. Uh, we're not suggesting that others should be proud of their history, but nor should we back down about the pride in our own. And uh, that's a great answer. You definitely have the support of our people uh, all over the United States. Now, Wonderful. When, uh, we're going to go to the break in a second, folks. And what we're going to do in the break, when we come back, uh, we're going to get to the issue of what happened uh, to Mr. Neelan after he acknowledged uh, the Jewish influence and the Jewish influence that attacked him viciously across America and how even Breitbart dropped him just for acknowledging the facts that exist in this country. It's amazing, but that's that's the situation our country We'll be right back with Paul Neelan. If you've been listening to this program for any length of time, you'll know that Fukushima, the greatest calamity in history, has now, as I've been warning since 3-11, killed off virtually the whole North Pacific Ocean and especially up and down the entire West Coast. The radiation is migrating inland and is moving across the entire country. There's only one proven defender to radiation exposure, the brilliant Chernobyl-proven discovery of Dr. Michael Kiriak, which combines the four most potent and powerful algaes on the planet, imported to the U.S. and known as bio-superfood. I've taken bio-superfood every day for several years now and want you to do the same for your sake and the health and safety of your family and loved ones. Take the banner at the top of rents.com and prepare to learn how to save your life. Dr. Joe Schneller. The efficacy that we're looking for, that we're going to prove, is that carnivora wakes up this immune system 
and makes it dominant. I highly recommend that you get started right away using Carnivora because it really will help you. Just follow the directions as the company gives them to you. And I just want everybody to know that there's been no one paid to do this. I'm doing this on my own because I care about everybody and want to see healthy people. My husband has recovered tremendously after the physician suggested that he start taking Carnivora. When he was doing so well, I decided to start taking it as well. And we're both so pleased to be able to feel healthy again. Hello, folks. Richard Ostro of Carnivora Research International here. Visit C-A-R-N-I-V-O-R-A.com or call 1-866-VENUS-FLY. That's Carnivora.com or 1-866-VENUS-FLY. Call us today. I'd like to invite you to take a look at some of the most important products in the realm of health and hygiene I've ever seen, all from Trioxy. As many of you know, ozone oxygen is highly effective for many different uses in the home or office place, from purifying the air you breathe to the water you drink. In fact, the city of Los Angeles, among others, uses ozone to purify the drinking water for millions. Uses of ozonated water produced by the Trioxy Pure include washing your hands, disinfecting cuts and infections, brushing your teeth, and even washing and sanitizing fruits and vegetables in the kitchen. Meanwhile, the Trioxy Re-Ion ozone negative ion generator will clean your indoor air of pollen, smoke, odors, mold, bacteria, and viruses, and more, and will put extra oxygen into your bloodstream and clean your body just by you being there. I hope you'll drop by and visit GoHealthyNext.com and take a look. The prices are more than affordable, and the results are priceless. That's GoHealthyNext.com. There's got to be a morning after If we can hold on through the night We have a chance to find the sunshine Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Paul is reconnecting with us to hopefully uh, make sure that there's no individual little word dropouts. And while he's doing that, uh, let me tell you one of the subjects that I'm going to address with him in the next few minutes. Well, as you know, every single member of Congress has to be very knowledgeable about the incredible, massive power and influence wielded by organized Jewish groups and Jewish donors. Jewish donors absolutely are at the top of the political contributors of both Democrats and Republicans. Jewish groups and Jewish organizations support the most powerful lobby and lobbies in the United States of America, including APAC, which by far is the most powerful lobby in the U.S. Congress. It's the one lobby. Nobody in office dares to go against. It's a lobby essentially for a foreign country and the interests of only 2% of the American people. That's called APAC, American Israel Public Affairs Committee. Now, this is all true, yet none dare talk about it. I've talked about other factors, such as we have this matrix of power in this country, where even though we have lots of congressmen and senators, and many of them always talk about the idea that everybody should be treated fairly, that you should judge a man by the content of his character rather than, quote, the color of his skin. 
And yet they have a massive and they support massive discrimination against white people. And this goes on in government hiring, post office hiring. It goes on in every major corporation. It goes on in most of our universities and schools. It goes on in hiring. It goes on in promotions in industry. It goes on in the military. Every branch basically promotes non-whites over other whites. Google, which some people call Google, uh, actually, uh, which is run by, by Jews, actually has had a huge lawsuit uh, launched against them about the fact by, by one of their top people because of the fact that there is massive discrimination going on against whites. And there's also a war against whites in the company where whites are booed, whites are attacked, uh, white males are derided uh, personally. And by for simply defending himself and pointing out some of this discrimination, he ended up losing his job. And there's a lawsuit going on right now. Uh, so, so what I'm going to ask Paul when he comes back. And I back, think we have Mr. Nealon back with us. Oh, great. Paul, you back? So here's, here's the question, and this is a very interesting question. I was just telling the audience about how that, uh, that the, the truth is that every member of Congress and every member, member of media really knows uh, has and realizes this massive Jewish influence that exists in this country, both in media and government and political financing. You're the biggest single corporate contributor for both Republicans and Democrats has been, well, Goldman Sachs. That's the biggest single one. The biggest contributors of Mr. Well, I should say Mrs. Because sometimes I confuse, uh, sometimes I can confuse Hillary with her husband. But even the top contributors of the Democratic Party and Hillary Clinton were in fact uh, Jewish and they were support, very strong supporters of Israel and their power. And we have the same thing going on in the Republican Party. So it's interesting. It, now, apparently, you've awakened to that because all you simply did was you suggested people to read McDonald's great book. And I, and I know you're reading my book now, and I appreciate that. And, uh, and I'm, I want to ask you, I've had already had some emails coming in. People are asking me, are asking you, and I'm relaying this question to you from some of my uh, supporters, uh, we, we'd like to know what happened to you once, once you acknowledge a Jewish influence. And then we also want to try to understand what awoke you to the Jewish control of, of government, media, financial institutions. Uh, did that happen recently? If not, if you knew, if you knew it for a while, what made you decide to be, to come forth and talk about this openly? Cause that's a hard decision for a lot of people to make. Uh, and, and how important is this truth to saving our nations? I know that's a lot. I'll give you a chance and, and, uh, we can take, take that in segments or whatever. Uh, but I'd like to ask you, as you know, you've had a lot of trouble since you simply acknowledged the truth of the Jewish domination of our media, like the New York Times, which is totally Jewish controlled for 120 years. There's only eight people that control it. They're all Jews. By simply acknowledging their power and influence, like in the deep state, both Republicans and Democrats, you've been, and that's why both Republican establishment and Democratic establishment both hate Trump so much. Uh, just we'll start off with that. And you've been banned now from Breitbart and all that. Um, just 
what happened to you after you simply acknowledged some of these basic truths with no sort of hatred or animosity or anti-Semitism? What happened to you then? Uh, largely, uh, the, the gates of hell opened up. Uh, and I, and I, and I don't say that lightly either. Uh, I, I have been attacked in the last month relentlessly by folks who happen to be Jewish. And I continue to point it out that I didn't go, I didn't go looking for this fight, but nor will I back away from it. Uh, if you go back, if you go back to uh, early 2016, uh, before I even announced my run, I met with uh, a group of folks in D.C. Uh, and then I met after that with uh, Bannon. And at that time, Breitbart was still pulling for Cruz. And I told uh, Bannon that I was pulling for Trump. And he said, why? And I said, for two reasons. One is Trans-Pacific Partnerships. Terrible trade deal will turn the United States of America into the United States of Asia. And secondly to get a border wall built because Trump's the only one talking about this immigration nightmare that we have going on right now. And so I'm pulling for Trump. So I announced I was running. And just to give give your listeners some base of who I am, I was raised Lutheran. I was baptized Lutheran as a baby before I could speak. Um, I spent some time with my ex-wife in the Catholic church. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've been evangelical free up to uh, maybe a, a week ago. Uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm considering uh, changing that to something else uh, because I'm 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 learning. I'm learning uh, constantly, and I'm I've been sharing that with people. So I was attacked during my run against Trans-Pacific Partnership, and I was attacked by Jewish folks, and I didn't recognize it as being attacked by Jewish folks. I just recognized it as I'm being attacked. Uh, same thing with the wall. And then after my race supporting Trump, I was attacked. And then I made a documentary, Hijra, Radical Islam's Global Invasion. Uh, I went to Israel. I went to the Jesus Trail. I uh, interviewed some some Messianic Jews and learned about tribes. You know, they don't teach you really about tribes. Why can't we move all these? Why why don't we move all these Muslims to Saudi Arabia, where uh, they've got these huge tent cities. Well, because they'd all kill each other. You can't put several different tribes in the same proximity. They'll end up killing each other. Um, then I had I had some other folks. Uh, somebody mentioned uh, 20 million Christians killed by Jewish Soviet Bolsheviks. And when I heard that, when I heard that, I said, "Wait a minute! I've been Christian for 46 years now." I've never heard this story. How is it possible I never heard the story? And the person who said it uh, said, I, I can't even begin to explain this to you right now. Uh, you have to get this book written by Dr. Kevin McDonald, uh, Culture of Critique. So I said, okay, I've got you know hundreds and hundreds of books here in my house. I love to read. Uh, it's how you learn uh, and, and also the oral tradition. But I got that book. I read 10 pages of it, and I shook my head and said, I don't even know what he's talking about. I, I set the book down, set the book down for about six months. And in that time of the book being set down, I started railing against the border adjustment tax because it was another way for the globalists to undo American manufacturing, American power, 
basically, we would treat everybody the same, our best customers and our worst customers. We would treat um, Hong Kong and and uh, the Netherlands and Australia, Great Britain, the same as China and tax everybody at 20%. It was insanity. So I railed against that, and then I announced my run about a week before Paul Ryan was supposed to to speak in front of the National Association of Manufacturers, and I had seated the crowd with questions about the border adjustment tax. He didn't even bring it up, which just proves my point that one man really can make a difference in this country still. And I'm getting attacked relentlessly, and I'm I'm starting to notice things that that well the percentage not... of the attackers on you the worst hellfire and I, I loved your your description of it is like opening the gates of hell on you because yeah. that's really what's open you know the actually America is we're being opened to the gates of hell to tell you the truth by the policies that will destroy this country bring us that's chaos right. And destruction. So tell us, uh, you, you pointed out in one of your tweets, I believe, the percentage yeah. of uh, those who were attacking you, what what their back, what their tribal background was. Right, right. In the last in the last month, so I'll fast forward. Um, I, I I go on every show, right? I'm on your show. I go on the furthest left, Bernie loving communist Marxist because I speak the same message wherever I go, in the grocery store, in my church at the gym, uh, no matter where I'm at, I say, look, I am working on behalf of America, period. If you're an American citizen, you should have first dibs at all the jobs. And illegal aliens should have dibs on none of the jobs. That's just, that's just to me, how it should be working and how our elected representatives. But I noticed, and after being attacked, after going on this uh, show called Fascination, uh, the attacks went uh, uh, astronomically higher, and uh, Breitbart uh, parted ways with me. Steve Bannon said some horrible things, and I I just shook my head and said, "You guys are going to be sorry. It's going to be you who fall, not me." Um, I'm I'm here working on behalf of America first. I'm not working on behalf of Israel first. I'm not working on behalf of Mexico first. I'm not working on behalf of uh, China first. I'm working on behalf of America first. So I, I counted the number of – these are just verified tweets, verified. 75 attacks in one month by verified users, six attacks by non-Jewish users of Twitter. And and that's just Twitter, and that's just verified. The unverified folks uh, are into the hundreds, hundreds and hundreds. Now um, – Twitter is where the battle's being waged, and Twitter wants Twitter's happy. Facebook's happy for all conservatives to be banned from their platform, which is why I have been pushing this shall not censor legislation, which would carry our free speech, uh, First Amendment free speech, onto the social media platforms. And because Twitter doesn't care, Twitter isn't your normal business model. They they don't make a profit like you would a normal business. They have people who are plowing money into that platform because that platform is where the argument goes. And if there's nobody arguing our side that that whites need to have uh, folks who will stand up and say there's nothing wrong with being white. 
it's great to be white. It's okay to be white. It's wonderful to be white. Um, they would prefer that there was nobody out there saying that. They would prefer that that we were saying this is a that their only people speaking were saying this is a rape culture, that the patriarchy is bad. Nobody's suggesting that that uh, men are better than women. Uh, what we're suggesting is that men and women complement each other. Men are good at certain things. Women are good at certain things. And together, one plus one equals uh, Three. infinity with, with <laughs> men right. and women. The way it was designed in the Bible. So um, I know I'm getting a little bit off topic there with you. Uh, but, you know, That's I, okay. You go wherever you want to go, my friend. Okay. Well, you know, I was fighting for national reciprocity. I, I'm a firm believer that wherever your boots are, in the United States, you should be able to protect your life because who decides the value of your life? You and your God, right? God determines how valuable your life is. And so if you are unable to protect your life here in Wisconsin, you can have a concealed carry and you can protect your life to the best of your ability wherever you are. Uh, but if you go to, to uh, the Venezuela of the Midwest, also known as Illinois, uh, they have much different gun laws there. Uh, I can drive my car there with my Wisconsin driver's license, but I can't necessarily concealed carry with my – well, I, not necessarily. I can't concealed carry with my Wisconsin con, uh, concealed carry permit. However, my life is valued the same when I cross the border. And so I had a couple of folks who, again, just happened to be Jewish – uh, start pummeling me for a video that I made suggesting that the national reciprocity bill that was being debated should be uh, voted on separately from what they called the Nix fix, which was a bill that was written by Diane Feinstein, Feinstein and um, Chuck Schumer, two rabid anti-gunners. And so I stood my ground. I refused to to back down to these attacks, and a guy by the name of John Podhertz, who is a uh, liberal uh, Jew, who Zionist, is, I think you're talking about the one that runs uh, commentary. Yeah, he's uh, commentary. I think so, and he's he also writes for like the yeah that's New him. York Post or something. Podhertz, yeah, he 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 has sent me the most horrible tweets, just awful things talking about uh, pe pedophile-type disgusting comments and talking about uh, excrement and uh, bodily functions, just the most disgusting things. And, you know what uh, we in the alt-right call that, don't you, Paul? We, could, we call that uh, another coincidence. There you go. Yeah. And so these coincidences now, yeah, go ahead. He, so he, so he uh, said, uh, sounds like Neilan's brain is shrinking. Maybe he, it's the size of a pea now. Maybe he should eat something. And I said, do us all a favor, John, eat a bullet. And the news media Ooh. went out of their mind. They lost their marbles. And it's no different than saying, take a long walk off a short pier. You know, maybe it's a little bit inartful. Uh, but it was keeping in the whole eating thing, which John had brought up. John wasn't in this discussion that I was having with these other guys who fancy themselves as gunner types. 
And uh, I was accurate in my assessment of what was going on in Congress. And John just comes out of nowhere and throws out some slur. And so I gave it right back to him. I'm not backing down to John uh, Podhertz. He's a evil. Uh, he's a he's a fat circus animal is what he is. I don't block yeah. him on Twitter because I think he's a useful foil. He he demonstrates yeah. the worst traits of humanity. Uh, so I. I I, I pointed out, I don't back down to it. My I was raised to never back down to those. Well, you never promoted any sort of violence. And we all know violence. No, of course not. So, you know, people talk about the If you really want to look at the Internet and the social media, there's huge amounts of violent threats against people. And right. I, I, I just got an email yesterday say, you know, why don't you do us all a favor and commit suicide? You know, yeah. kill yourself. And like, we're going to kill you, you know. Yeah. Uh, this this kind of stuff I get those kind of things almost every day. Yeah. Uh, but 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 the FBI and the authorities that are controlled FBI just like the controlled media. Now we learn about the secret society. Uh, they're not they're not right. they're not going to track down those people who threaten me or you or those kind of people because they they like this. They want a culture of intimidation against our people. But the only way we can break that, my friend, is by people like you and by what you're doing. Is by standing up. I wanted to get some more details about what happened with Breitbart. And, and by the way, before yeah, I sure. go to that, I want to mention when he told you, he says, "Why don't you do a, do us a favor and stop eating?" In other words, whatever. The, the truth is that uh, fasting for a while you can't stop eating forever, but fasting for a while was promoted by our ancient, magnificent Greek ancestors like Socrates, mm -hmm. uh, like Hippocrates, who was the father of modern medicine, uh, like Homer. Uh, and other people. And they said specifically, they said, uh, and I, I'm bringing this up for a reason, folks, if you, if you I'll, you'll find out in a second. They said that fasting uh, was the was was a way to become mentally more uh, viable, more intelligent, more cognitive, uh, cognitive, uh, that that fasting was a way to also help your health. And the interesting thing is, and I'm just going to give this note out today. Uh, that I've been fat. This is the seventh day of my fast, and um, it's been really interesting and great. Uh, all my my blood markers are just going super great, and I've noticed that you've you started fasting yesterday after uh, speaking with me and learning about some of the benefits. Is that so? <coughs> That's correct. Uh, I started on Saturday. I had uh, <coughs> I had uh, eggs and bacon for breakfast, and I haven't eaten since uh, Saturday morning. That's great. And uh, in fact, I started measuring my my uh, glucose levels, which I've never done before. Uh, and I'm I'm pleasantly surprised at I don't feel bad at all. Um, don't get me wrong. I, my my wife made some toast this morning and it smelled so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're addicted but, to that bread. Yeah. So I'm I'm on water and coffee and. Um, you know, my family has a long tradition of coffee being the top of the food pyramid. <laughs> uh, and uh, but, you know, I since we spoke last, I've been reading up on this and I'm just absolutely fascinated by it. Uh, you're absolutely right. And and in fact, in the in the last 12 hours, uh, this is the second Homer reference that I that I've had. I'm reading Mark Collett's book, and he, uh, The Fall of Western Man, he talks about uh, the equality of men and women and how uh, men uh, in Homer's Iliad uh, 
uh, said that, um, you know, where, where men, men stand up for women, uh, fight wars for women. Um, and, and it's true. It's, it's, uh, we, we, um, uh, revere our women and, and I'm, and I'm no different. I, I think that, uh, uh, I don't see, see my wife as inferior as, or other women as inferior. I think they're complementary. And, uh, to suggest that there's a rape culture here in the United States, uh, I, my argument would be there is to the extent that we continue bringing people into this country from where rape cultures actually exist. Good point. I think Donald Trump was right to that. I mean, would you agree? I would agree. And let's go right back. We've only got a couple of minutes left. Yeah. And thanks for the comments. It's very interesting. So both of us are fasting right now. Yeah. But let's go back to the Breitbart. So yeah. Breitbart was a, a friend of yours, supposedly, supporting you at first. That's but right. simply for acknowledging the truth, you've also had trouble with your church. So tell us about, about this. What do you think of sure. what Breitbart did? And what does this reveal to you? Uh, well, it reveals to me that that, in fact, uh, Jews control the media. And so and here's why, because I went on to this show, Fash the Nation. Uh, I had gone down to the Judge Moore election and I was an early supporter of Judge Moore, uh, fine Christian man. And uh, Bannon was down there and he said to me, we were in the back room uh, before we got up and spoke. He said, did you tell somebody to eat a bullet? I said, I sure did. He said, why would you do that? I said, well, because the guy, uh, I said, it's a, a little bit of a story and it doesn't matter, right? He, the guy attacked me and I punched back. I didn't go out of my way to attack somebody first. And you'll see this every time. That is the pattern every time. I have counterpunched against all of these folks who just happened to be Jewish. And uh, so the next day I got a call from, I get a call from uh, Bannon's assistant asking me if I had gone on the show, and I said I did. And uh, she said, well, uh, this is a neo-Nazi show. I said, no, it's not. I said, these are Trump supporters. And so Bannon disavowed me. Uh, Breitbart disavowed me. Uh, and Breitbart is run largely by Jewish folks. And uh, they took down all of my writings on Breitbart. So I guess to them, it's okay if you just burn part of the Alexandria Library. So maybe that maybe Breitbart is like part of the controlled opposition. Why is the most important thing to them, really, why is the most important issue Israel and the interests of the Jewish people? And if you look at the interests of the Jewish people in Israel, it's also supported by the far left. It's supported if by the media establishment, program, the banking establishment, time, you know and, of, of course, the, the political establishment. Look, thanks so much. How can people reach you real quickly? Oh, God bless. Listen, go to my website, electnehlen, electnehlen.com, and you can read some more about me. You can support my campaign there by making a donation or or buying one of my books or shirts uh and and that all that money goes into my campaign and it's to defeat paul ryan he is despicable he is corrupt and we need better representation in washington you got it my friend thank you so much and we'll look forward to talking to you very soon great show appreciate it okay God folks bless. that's it it was a great show today and we had the great paul nealon on with us and we will be back uh, tomorrow with another great show. Thanks so much. Go to davidduke.com. 
and support this work as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Products in the realm of health and hygiene I've ever seen, all from Trioxy. As many of you know, ozone oxygen is highly effective for many different uses in the home or office place, from purifying the air you breathe to the water you drink. In fact, the city of Los Angeles, among others, uses ozone to purify the drinking water for millions. Uses of ozonated water produced by the Trioxy Pure include washing your hands, disinfecting cuts and infections, brushing your teeth, and even washing and sanitizing fruits and vegetables in the kitchen. Meanwhile, the Trioxy Re-Ion ozone negative ion generator will clean your indoor air of pollen, smoke, odors, mold, bacteria, and viruses, and more, and will put extra oxygen into your bloodstream and clean your body just by you being there. I hope you'll drop by and visit GoHealthyNext.com and take a look. The prices are more than affordable, and the results are priceless. That's GoHealthyNext.com. You're listening to the Rents Radio Network, nationwide and worldwide on the net and at Rents.com. Oxygen. It's nature's oldest therapy and plays an essential role in destroying viruses, bacteria, mold, yeast, and fungus, and keeping the human body healthy and strong. Now, you can give your body and your immune system a mega boost of disease-fighting oxygen with all-natural OxyC. With so many people now leading a sedentary indoor lifestyle, most are in a chronic state of oxygen deprivation, which sets up a perfect